0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. All right. Good morning, Hill City. That was weak. Good morning, Hill City. Thank you. Thank you. I've been gone for two weeks. Glad to be back. I'm glad you all missed me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so we have a marriage conference coming up here in a few weeks at Hill City that my wife and I are leading. So Emily and I got away a couple of uh, weeks ago just to work on our content and, and plan. And we, as we got away, we were just evaluating our own marriage and kind of talking about the journey we've been on. And here's what both of us talked about. Early in, in our marriage, the first, first few years, um, both of us at times had the following thought go through our head. Quote, Is this the rest of my life? Married couples, anyone been there? We struggled, and 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 not in the sense that we fought all the time. We hung out together, we had fun together, we went places together. We we what, had what looked like a great marriage. It's not like it was just like destructive, but we struggled. And as we were just looking back on the history of our relationship, just talking about things that we're going to talk about in this marriage conference and things we can apply, here's what we said is the only reason that Emily and I are here today is the grace of God in our lives and the fact that both of us, from the beginning, were all in. Like as, as Emily and I got married, for both of us, the divorce word was never, ever on the table. Ever. If it would have been, that would have been the easy option. Because both of us at times had the thought come through our mind, is this this the rest of my life? So when I do marriage, when I do marriage counseling, as I perform marriages, I do a ton each year. Here's the things I tell every couple from the very beginning, the D word has to be off your plate. You have to be all in from the very beginning. As we talk about vision for our church for the future, the words we're going to use today is the idea of being all in. The only thing that saved Emily and I in our marriage is that we were all in from the beginning. Here's where we are as a church. Um, we've been about a year and a half now, that we've been existing, coming up on two years. We are now out of church plant mode. And now what we are communicating is we are all in as a church for this city to make a lasting impact. And as we think about like the past year and a half, God's done some crazy things. Like in this church over the year and a half. We've had over 40 baptisms. Okay, let me, I'm going to try this again. All right, so we're, we're videoing this. You can edit this part out. For you. Okay, so remember a couple weeks ago I told you I went to that cool church in New York where they clapped, and, and I told you that pastor's coming, and he's going to feel like you hate him, right? That would be a perfect example of why he's going to feel like you hate him. All right, so God's done some amazing things in this church in the past year and a half. One of the things, we've had like 40 baptisms, Yeah, okay. All right, that was fake. That was fake. That was just totally fake. All right. Um, As a church, there's over 200 of us that are covenant members. We have... Okay, all right. Just don't don't take it too far, all right? All right. Awesome. We have two gatherings. They'll be full. Um, those of you that come to 9, if you stick around tonight look at the 11, like we're to the back wall the past few weeks at 11 o'clock. It's just awesome what God's doing here. We have over 300 people in city groups, uh, college through adult. Um, and then last year, this is a huge number for us, in 2018, we gave over $80,000 to multiplication and outward giving in our church. That's a lot for a new church plan $80,000. So here's the deal. God's done some amazing things in our church. But now it's time that we've got to say, as a church, what does it look like for us to be all in for this city to make a lasting impact? And let's move out of church plant mode and move to a place where we make a huge impact. And we are in a crucial stage right now as a church. Those of you that are business leaders, you know this. New businesses start up. And a lot of times they start up and they, and they kind of flare up and it's exciting. And the crucial time comes for a new business about year two to four. To say, are we going to go from this little new business just starts up and people are excited, or are we going to stick around and grow and continue, continue to develop and be a place that's here for the long haul? And that is where we are as a church. These next two years, what we do through the power of the Holy Spirit, to start to move in this city will determine our trajectory. Now if you've been here, you know our mission statement, please say it with us. We exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. Now that's cute. And on a screen, it means nothing. And when I say now we're out of church plant mode, what I mean by that is now we're in the church saying, okay, that's, been, that's, a, great, and that's a great vision to get us started. It looks good on a napkin sitting across someone. Come join us. Here's our vision. But now what does that mean? And what's it mean for us to be a church that's all in for our city that actually does what we say we're going to do? I love to, to read leadership books. I read them all the time. Um, so a guy that many of you have heard of, Jim Collins, has some, some great work. Here's what he says. What makes a healthy organization or business? And he'll say three things make a healthy organization. Superior performance relative to your mission, distinctive impact, and lasting endurance. If we want to have a great business, great organization, three things have to be there. Superior performance relative to mission, distinctive impact, and lasting endurance. When I talk about, as a church, Hill City being all in, this is what I'm talking about. Let's take the first one, superior performance relative to our mission. Here's the deal, we as a church are, are, we have driven leaders in this church. Now there's a tension that we feel on this, like we want to rely on God and live by the power of the Holy Spirit and ask God to bless and not just do things. But we also don't want to sit over here and just say, well, we'll just be lazy and just hope that God does something. And so we talk about this idea of superior performance. Here's what we, we rest in the grace of God and the gospel, but we work in the mission of God. And in God's church, this idea of like laziness should be nowhere. As a matter of fact, James will say, faith without works is dead. So we want superior performance relative to our our mission. We want that performance of our mission statement. We want to see that grow and see us make a huge impact in our city. Why would God ever bless mediocrity? He wouldn't. So as I talk about what we want to do today, please don't go either side and come over here and say, well, that's great, but God's gonna do what God's gonna do. We just gotta be, yes, and please don't go over here and say, that's right, we've got to go, 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 without forgetting that we're a church that believes that the Holy Spirit is leading us. So as we talk about this vision, how do we keep this idea that God, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, is working in the lives of believers in this church to accomplish his mission? It's him the one that's accomplishing it, but yet we work, and we are strategic, and we get after it. Superior performance relative to your mission. Here's the second thing, distinctive impact. A few questions that haunt me sometimes. What would be lost in Hill City, or what would be lost in Springfield if Hill City didn't exist? Would Springfield miss us? And here's the, I'll just be honest, here's the answer right now. The answer is no, they wouldn't. Now again, we're a year and a half years old. But if we talk about being a great church, our goal in the next five years is those questions, would Springfield miss us if we were not here? The answer would be yes, that we want to have a distinctive impact. Now, here's the deal. We, over all these baptisms, I could bring you story after story up today. We could spend this whole next two hours hearing stories about awesome life change in this church. We've had strategic impact. And a huge impact on individual lives. Now as a church, we've got to say, how do we take that and multiply that across our city and have an impact in our city, where our city wants us to be here? A phrase we say a lot is we want to measure everything in life change. And now as a church, we've got to say, how do we take that life change and how do we multiply that across the city where we actually see the trajectory of our city start to change? Okay, so Jim Collins says, a healthy organization, superior performance relative to your mission, a distinctive impact. Here's the last thing, lasting endurance. Hear me, guys. If we build this church around a person or persons around a building, it will not last. Never, ever do I want myself or another leader to be the center of this movement, ever. Ever. If we want to have a lasting impact, a lasting endurance, this church must be built on Jesus and the mission that he is doing, and it will far outlast us. 20 years from now, 30, 40 years from now, no one cares about Daniel Hood. No one really cares now. (laughs) If we build this on a person, on a building, on a name, we shorthand the beauty of God's church. This is not about us, but as a church, we want to be all in. We'll be all in for the city. We want to have a huge impact in the city and around the world. Turn in Bibles, Matthew chapter sixteen. Here's what Jesus is going to say about His church. This awesome, awesome story. I don't have for for today. We're not going to kind of jump in and just you know work through this piece by piece. We're going to kind of use it as a springboard into sharing our vision. Matthew sixteen. Verse 13, Jesus had an interaction with his disciples, and here's what it says in Matthew chapter 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. This huge moment of Peter's confession of who Jesus is. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, that was his name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, so he changes his name, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love this passage. And again, I don't have time to just get into it too much. But on this confession, Jesus says, I will build my church. What confession? The confession of who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. So Peter's just had this huge moment where he's confessed this. And Jesus says, okay, on this confession, I'm going to build my church. And let's see what he says about his church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, when I read this years ago and thought about this, here's what I pictured, this is my mind. I pictured this church and hell trying to push against this church and the gates of this church kind of keeping hell back, that's what I pictured. But that's not what this is saying, is it? When it's saying the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, it's not saying the church is on the defense with big iron gates keeping hell out, what's it saying? Hell has some gates, and the church is busting through those gates. Like the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. Here's what Jesus is communicating. God's church is an advancing church, pushing back the gates of hell. What does it look like for Hill City to become a church that's all in in this city and is literally pushing back the gates of hell in this city? How are we going to accomplish that? That's the vision that we want to be. Remember what Jim Collins said, superior performance relative to mission, distinctive impact, lasting endurance. You know what he just described? God's church is pushing back to the gates of hell. Let's think about it. Church has been around 2,000 years. Pretty good mission. A little bit of, I mean, distinctive impact. We have believers have been gathering um, all across the world today. And lasting endurance, any other is 2,000 years old. See, Jesus' church is one that is pushing back the gates of hell. So here's the deal. God's church will continue. And when I say church, I mean capital C. God's church around the world will continue to grow and push back the gates of hell. Here's the question that matters today. Will Hill City be part of this advance? I just got back from Europe. I spent two weeks in Europe um, working with, with Italy with our church partners there. And I went over to Germany for a few days on my own. You know what churches in Italy, in Italy and Europe are? Museums. They're tourist attractions, where you go and you take pictures and you look at how beautiful. That's what the church in Europe is. Now God's church is advancing all the way around all around the world, and God's church will continue to advance. Here's the question: Will Hill City be part of that advance? Or will we just turn into a museum? So as we talk about our vision, we do not want to settle into doing church. Hear me, guys. It would be so easy, so easy to come here once a week, give a little bit of money, sing some songs, hear a sermon, say, oh, that's good. See you next week. That would be so easy. The idea of feasting versus gifting, like here's, here's much of what the American church is, is, um, people come and they feast on the gifts of a handful of people. They come and sit in an audience, they feast on the gifts of people that can lead music and they feast on the gifts of people who can preach and they go, okay, great job. I'll see you next week. That's not the church of the Bible. The church of the Bible is one of gifting, meaning that God has gifted you all as believers with the Holy Spirit to come together and you have amazing gifts. And guys, as I look across this room, even today here, I see amazingly gifted people. And you have not been given those gifts just to make a lot of money. That's fine. You've been given those gifts to make a distinctive, lasting impact in this world through the local church. But man, it'd be so easy just to do church. Church. We as elders have zero interest in entertaining you. But boy, that'd be easy. You can grow a big church, make it cool. Grow a big church off entertainment. We don't care about that. So I look at the church I like what the church is designed to be. It's designed to be people that are celebrating Jesus and coming in community together, that all have gifts that are working together and to make a huge impact in the city. We do not want to be cool. Because here's the reality: Cool Church is great until the doctor looks across and says, "I'm sorry, you have cancer." Cool Church is great until your marriage is about ready to fall apart. Come to church and cool church is great until your addictions overtake your life. So let's talk about where we believe God is leading us as a church for the next five years. What do we want to accomplish to make a lasting impact in this city and start to accomplish this vision? We have four things to share with you today. We'll use our mission statement to share it. Here's how our mission statement starts. We exist to glorify God by making disciples. That's how we we start. And so here's the first part of our vision. first part of our vision is we are going to focus on leadership development in our church. Here's our desire, that we would have a robust process to develop leaders outside of our church. I was telling the elders last time we had an elder meeting. We're talking about this idea of leadership development. And, and I threw out this question to the elders. I said, outside of dying for the sins of the world, because I think that was Jesus' number one purpose. Outside of dying for the, for the sins of the world, what was Jesus' main focus when he was on this earth? Think about that. Outside of dying for the sins of the world, what was Jesus' main focus when he was on this earth? Was it caring for the poor? Was it preaching? Was it healing the sick? Was it evangelism? Here's what I would argue. His main focus was making disciples, developing leaders. That's what I would argue. His main focus as he comes outside of dying for the sins of the world was he would take a group of men and women that were his disciples. He would pull 12 out of those men and he would pour his life into them for three years and that was his, I would say his biggest mission outside of the cross. Why do I say that? Because how does his ministry start? Him calling disciples. How does it end? Him commissioning his disciples. So as a church, if we're going to accomplish the rest of our vision, this has to be the number one thing we do is make disciples. And hear me, this is hard. But everything in our vision hinges on our ability to stay disciplined, to develop leaders and make disciples. It is easier, hear me, it is easier just to focus on drawing a crowd. It is way easier. As elders, we have spent hours and hours and hours in, in a room on a whiteboard with a strategy trying to figure out how do we systematically develop leaders in this church that allow us to make an impact in our city. Because great leaders just don't grow on trees. are like, oh, thanks. Yeah, great. No, we must develop. Give me an example. Hill City 101, you hear us talk about that a lot. Hill City 101 is for anyone that's new to our church to get them in a, in a room, kind of share our vision with them. We tried about six different ways to do Hill City 101, and they all kept flopping. But we were committed. We're like, no, we believe in this. Our, our goal is to develop leaders. This is our first process to help people in our church get into a discipleship relationship. Like, We've it, we got to keep working. we got to keep working. And for a year and a half now, i have been working on this thing called Hill City 101. We finally like it. We finally have a place where we feel like it's strategic. Like, here's what we do. If you're new today, we're going to challenge you. Come to Hill City 101. We do it once a month. We get people in a room. We, we share our vision. But here's the goal of Hill City 101, to get those people into a discipleship relationship where they can grow in the gospel from day one. That's our goal. Now, again, hear me. It had been easier just to focus on drawing a cruel crowd and creating a cool worship environment, having lots of people show up, that's easier. Leadership development is difficult. But we are committed as leaders to the discipline of developing leaders. And this has permeated our philosophy from the very beginning. From the very beginning, everything we do is all about who we're developing next. If you talk to our ministry team leaders, people who lead our, our volunteers, they will tell you we have, been, we have been beating this idea of who are you developing? Who are you pouring into underneath you? Who is coming up behind you that can maybe do it better than you can? There's a a Navy SEAL that wrote a book. Um, His name's Jocko, and, and a quote that he uses in this book that we talk about a lot is, two is one, and one is none. That's our philosophy, meaning we can have one great leader, but if we have one great leader, that leader could be gone like that, and now we have none. So we have this philosophy, in our, and we say, two is one, and one is none." That guides us. By the way, if you want to argue with this quote, you can take it up with him. His name's Jocko. He's a Navy SEAL. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. That's him. <laughs> two is one. And one is none. Everything we've done as we've led this church is about developing the people underneath us. So now we're working to do this in an efficient and reproducible way. And I'm talking about all of us. As we talk about leadership development, there's three areas that we want to grow in as leaders. Conviction, character, and capacity. Conviction, what do you believe? Here's a cool thing. Right now, starting today, we're going to have 56 women at the 11 o'clock in a process of Bible study seminar, learning how to study the Bible on their own. 56 women, 42 men on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. are gonna start this week, learning how to study the Bible. That is conviction. Character, who, thank you, That's, that's a good thing to clap for, yeah. Character, who you becoming? When we talk about History 101, getting a Green Book group, this is all about becoming more like Christ, character, and then the last part is capacity, the skills and leadership ability you have. So as a church, we're going to focus, and as leaders, we're gonna focus on developing leaders in these three areas. One of the things that we're starting this year is a residency program. We have four applicants, by God's grace, will start in August. Young leaders that can come for two years into our church, work full-time, and grow in these three areas so we can produce future leaders for the church. Now, what about you? We talk about leadership development, this first thing. What about you? Where do you come into this? You want to be a great small group leader? We want to develop you in that. You want to feel confident reading your Bible? We want to be a church that equips you in that. You we feel equipped in cultural discussions that show up at your workplace, what do we believe about this? Do Christians actually believe this, and you want to feel like you have a voice there that actually speak with grace and truth? We want to equip you in that. You'll be a great teacher, a great business leader, a great entrepreneur. We believe that the, the, the system, the we putting in place will develop you for all areas of your life. You' will be a great dad, a great mom great husband, a great wife. We talk leadership development. This is what we are talking about. And so we are implementing this into a systematic way that if you are a covenant member, of regular tender of Hill City, you have every option available to you to be all that God has created you to be. Again, it's easier to do church. This is difficult. We're committed to developing leaders. So the first thing of our vision for five years, we want to have a robust leadership development process in our church that I hope many of you are participating in. Number two, here's the second part. So we exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration. Here's the second part, redemption ministry. This is a huge thing we've been working on. We, our goal is in the next five years and hopefully way before that to have a ministry that is focused on redemption, meaning healing the effects of sin and brokenness in this world. This bro- this redemption ministry this, this this healing of sin it could be from our own sin alcoholism sexual addiction depression marriage problems it could be because of the result of sin that happened to someone sexual abuse parents divorce losing a spouse tra- tragedy but it's a robust ministry designed to walk with people through redemption because here's the reality we are all broken. There's none of us here that walked in this morning, yep, I'm good. Man, I got this life thing figured out. No, all of us need redemption in our lives. And here's the, here's the, the other reality. Brokenness is, exists in really deep, dark, toxic ways, even in our community, in many of your lives. You feel it, you know it. A lot of times we talk brokenness and redemption, we think of like homeless people. We think of poor people. Well, here's the reality. Brokenness exists as much in the gated community as it does in the poor parts of Springfield. It just looks different. People with lots of money can hide it a little bit better. We're in the beginning stages of researching what does it look like for us to have a ministry focused on redemption. Part of this idea is that we would have biblical counseling in our church. In the past two years, four major community studies in Springfield have came out with reports and listed mental health as one of the top three needs in our city. Top three needs in mental health. You know what the largest mental health facility in, the, in our county is? Greene County Jail. That's the largest. Ozars Counseling Center is, is a local uh, non-for-profit counseling center. Here's some statistics they gave us is 67% of their clients fall into the poverty level. 25% of those are children. Here's why we believe we need a robust counseling and redemption ministry. It's because the people that have no access to counseling are the people that don't have very much money. Here's the market rate for counseling, 75 to $125 an hour. That's that's kind of the market rate. Most of our city can't afford that. So as a church, we are going to work on a ministry that we meet the emotional health needs through a gospel lens of our community. So redemption ministry, we have a team that's working on researching this right now. We're learning from other churches and we are working on implementing this all all across our city. But here's the goal, is that people from high income to low income have a place where they can come and find healing through a gospel lens to work through redemption from sin. And here's the reality, we all need it. And as I thought about the what about us and how does this apply to me thing, here's what we talked about as elders. Um, All of us need redemption in our lives. All of us need a place where we can come and be real with our stuff. And if you're new to Hill City, here's what I want you to know. Hill City is a, a place that's safe where you don't have to have all your stuff figured out. And Hill City is a place you can come here and say, listen, my marriage is a wreck. I've been there. My life is a wreck. I'm addicted. And I need help. city City's a place. You don't have to pretend. And as we've walked, talked to churches that have a great redemption ministry, here's what we found. You know who's the most who, who does the best in leading those redemption ministries? People that have actually been broken and found help, hope through the gospel. That's who leads it. So what about you? Here's what. Be real with your junk. Work through the stuff in your life. Come to us and say, I need help. I'm not hiding anymore. Because there's a reality. What's going to happen is, is the gospel and Jesus going to invade your life and you're going to start to see things change. And then you're going to be some of the best leaders in this redemption ministry. That's what happens in churches. People the most passionate and the most gifted in this are the people that have actually walked through it. Hill City is a place where you don't have to hide. So, we we'll focus on developing leaders. Our goal is to create a redemption ministry that reaches to the depths of our city. Let's keep going. We exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city. This is a big one for us. Let's talk about a facility. Since we've launched Hill City, from the very beginning, we as elders have been very uneasy with the typical trajectory of churches. Here's what the typical trajectory is. You start a church, you get some people, you have a big building campaign, you build a huge building, and it's empty six days a week. But you have a huge building. That's the typical trajectory. And here's the question that we keep asking ourselves. Does Springfield need another church building? How many did you drive by on your way here this morning? I walked all over Berlin for about four days last week. I didn't see any church buildings, except for a couple of museums. We don't need another church building here. And so from day one, we've been easy with the, uneasy with this idea of building this huge mega church facility in the middle of downtown Springfield. That's not our goal. And when I think about... The modern church, thinking about the American church, here's kind of the image that I, that I have in my mind. I ask, like, that's what I see. I'm not saying it's bad. It's not us. Our goal is not to build some huge thing and have cool lights and smoke and fog and all that stuff. Um, that's not our goal. If that's what you want, in the wrong church. But we feel the tension of not having a facility. We feel it. Like there's some benefits. It's low cost for us right now. We're not defined by a building. We have very low overhead. Okay, the typical church spends a lot more on their facilities than we do right now. It's awesome what we do here. However, here's the reality. But while most of you were asleep this morning, a group of men and women got here to set all this up. And it is a chore, and we feel the weight of not having a place to meet. We feel the weight of being here, and then oh, next week we're over there, and we're here. we feel that. And so now we're faced as leadership with how do we weigh these things? How do we weigh this conviction that we don't want to build just this huge building that sits empty six days a week? but yet we want a place where we can meet and gather and then do some of our leadership development and redemption ministry, and that takes a place, that takes facility. And so how do these two things come together? So how do we have a facility that supports our vision and what we want to do in this city? Like here's the deal, we, won't, we don't want a building that we have to support. We want a building that supports what we want to do. See the difference? Very quickly, churches end up where the tail wags the dog. How do we justify these two things? We believe that God has led us to a solution on this. Our solution is something we're calling For the City Center. Here's what we're dreaming about. A facility that allows us to meet, develop leaders and do our redemption ministry, but that facility is focused on the needs of our community. Not on a church place to meet. Okay, now, you know I'm not very smart. Uh, I didn't come up with all this on my own. Uh, That's actually a church we're we're connected to, some leaders. church in in Austin called Austin Stone Church. Some of you listen to their music. Um, They have a model of this that we're going to start to learn from and copy. Here's here's just a a schematic of their floor plan. What you'll see, and I know it's small, you can't see it real well. Those top two wings of their facility are all for their community. Nonprofits have offices in those wings. Okay? Now, on that bottom right wing is a whole place of meeting areas, conference rooms, uh, mid sized rooms that allow nonprofits and organizations to come and use that facility for board meetings, for member meetings, for all those sorts of things. And at the bottom, on the left, is where they have their stuff for Sunday for their kids and all that. And the very bottom is an auditorium that they use on Sunday, but also is used throughout the week for all these nonprofits. That's our goal. A facility. That meets the needs of our community, but yet allows us to do what we need to do as a church for the city center. So as elders, as pastors, we're working on this right now. We're dreaming. We're starting to, we're going to get down there. We're going to learn from them. There's a few other churches that have done something similar. We are in learning mode, but this is the vision that we are going towards. Now, here's what I'll say about all this vision. God might be up there right now just laughing. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. And all of this vision we hold with an open hand. That as we see it right now, this is our goal in the next five years that we have a place called For the City Center that is here to bless our city and give us a place to gather. Now, what about you? Where do you come into this? Here's the reality guys, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna have to grow in our generosity. As a church, we gave about 11% away last year. We've increased that this year. Our goal in the next five years is to be even closer to 20% that we give away in our community. In order to do that, as a church and as individuals, we must become generous, sacrificial givers. Like it'd be awesome if some business leaders like, yeah, that's a great vision, here's a building, that'd be cool. We can pray for that, but we can't count on it. As we talk about our vision, one of the big things about this is a for-the-city center where we can bless our city. So we exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and to our world. Here's the fourth part of our vision, church planting. Another thing you don't need to know about is if you're going to join us as a church. Many of you will not be here a few years from now. Hopefully not because I like, I make you mad and you leave or anything like that. Because as a church we believe in multiplication instead of addition. Addition grow big 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 big. Multiplication you grow you start you grow you start you start multiplication. So I was in Italy um, last week, two weeks ago. Met with Giacomo. We had a it was, it was cool. It was a kind of a groundbreaking breaking breaking week for us. We had pastors from all over Italy. Come together, about 17 men in a room, all different ages, from their 20s to their 50s. All people, all men who have a passion to lead gospel-centered churches, which is rare in Italy. We got together in a room and praying and saying, how can we multiply across Italy. And and we've even got some young guys that are going to start some new churches, like some cool things happening. So our goal is multiplication. So right now we have three church plants that we help support. We have one in Italy, Perugia, Italy. We have one in New York and a new one in Tijuana. When I say church planting, I don't mean giving money to churches that are already going. We aren't planting those churches. We're just helping support them a little bit. When I say church planting, I mean people from our church leaving to start new churches. So our goal is not to grow huge, our goal is to grow small. Now how are we gonna do that? In our city, so there's two ways to kinda do church planning or or churches in our city. So one of the ways that's real popular right now is multi-site. You guys know what multi-site church is? Multi-site church, when you have this this kind of one main campus, then you kind of video everything into all these other campuses. And multi-site is all like everything is the same. So think Chick-fil-A, all right? Going to Chick-fil-A, they all look the same, right? Menu's the same. The, the feeling, look, I mean, like they all look the same. That's multi-site. A multi-site church is that every campus does the same exact thing. Same teaching series, same speaker, you video them in. You have everything the same. We're not talking multi-site. We don't want to go multi-site. I don't have the face for the video of multi-site. Okay? Um, thank you for clapping on that for the person. Uh, multi, so what our vision is, is a multi-congregational approach in Springfield to church planting. Here's what I mean by this, and this is where a lot of your questions are going to come in. Our goal of church planting in this Springfield area is to be a multi-congregational church. Here's what that means. We have the same overall vision and mission, but each individual congregation is its own congregation led by its own pastor who does much of the preaching. They do their own discipleship. They have the freedom to contextualize how they want to. So if Chick-fil-A is multi-site, multi-congregational will be CrossFit. Here's what I mean, if, you, ever, if you, guys, some of you guys do CrossFit. CrossFit, if you go to every CrossFit gym in Springfield is different. They have their own feel, they have their own way of doing things, they have their own methods. But they have a certain few parameters that they stay within. That's the CrossFit model. It's blew up all across our country. Our goal in Springfield is to be a multi-congregational church. Here's what I mean by that. Maybe we have a congregation like this that meets Sunday mornings downtown. We have a couple gatherings, and this is a congregation. Maybe at the same time we have a congregation in Nixa that meets on Sunday mornings with its own pastor and their own rhythm, and they're contextualizing things. Because here's the reality. Springfield downtown is different than Nixa. And they have the freedom to do what they want to do there, That there's a shared vision. Maybe in our For the City Center, we have a congregation that meets there Sunday morning. Maybe we have a Tuesday night congregation that meets there that has its own feel, its own rhythm, its own pastor. Its own but we're still connected together under the same vision. That's our goal of multi-congregational when it comes to church planting. So when I said many of you will not be here in a few years, what I hope is there's a group of you that are out in Nixa. Maybe there's a group on Tuesday night that meet and they grow. And we have multi-congregations. It allows us to raise up leaders and put them in places to lead and to shepherd. Because we believe that bigger is not necessarily better. So we want to grow big as we grow small. Multi-congregational. Now here's, and we talk church planting. Here's the next part of our vision. And last thing that we share here. So we have identified a need in southwest Missouri, kind of this region of the Midwest, um, is church planting in small towns. So when I say small towns, I'm talking towns of like, you know, 8,000 to 20,000. That many of these towns have little colleges in them, community colleges. Many of them have Navy, army bases, things like that. And and here's the reality in these small towns, and many of us, how many of you grew up in a small town? Kind of that, yeah, a lot of you. Here's the reality. There are churches in these small towns. There's little churches in all these small towns, but here's what I found and we found, that in many of these small towns, the thing that is not present in the churches is the gospel. And many of you came from that. Here is the small town gospel. Work hard and be nice. And so our goal is to plant gospel-centered churches in small towns all across this region of Missouri. And so I believe some of you won't be here because some of you will be starting a new church in Marshfield or Rolla or Waynesville or Mount Vernon So we want to raise up leaders and send them to these small towns to plant gospel-centered churches and see multiplication happen in small towns all across our community. So as we talk about what we're going to do in the next five years as a church, we want to develop leaders and have a robust leadership development strategy and pipeline. We want to have a redemption ministry focused on healing the wounds of sin. We want to have a facility it's a for-the-city center here to bless our city, and we want to begin our church planting and multiplication focus around Springfield and the world. So what are we going to do? Again, all it's cute, right? We can make a great little display, brochure, hand it out. It looks great. Um, these next two years are crucial for us. If we're going to be a church... That superior performance, relative mission, distinctive impact, and lasting endurance. We, as a church, must become all in. I'm going to talk to you for a second. I'm going to ask you, as Hill City attenders, members, to become all in for this city. I don't know what that looks like for you. So for some of you, to become all in, it means you've been, you've been thinking about becoming a Christian. You just need to believe Jesus and get baptized. That's all in for you. Some of you have been showing up on Sundays, just kind of coming. It's time for you to connect and serve and grow and get in a group. I, I don't know what all in looks like for you. Some of you need to join our church and become covenant members. Some of you need to start giving. Some of you are giving 2 or 3%. You need to jump up and be radically generous. I don't know what all in looks like for you, but we're going to challenge you to be all in. Here's the question. I believe, I believe God's going to do a great work in Hill City Church, in this town. Here's the question. 20 years from now, are you going to be able to look back and say, man, I was part of what God did? Or are you going to sit back on the outside and say, that's great for them? I'm going to ask us to jump all in and start to move forward towards this vision for the next five years. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe and trust that God's at work. We're going to be open-handed with this vision. And as God changes things, we'll change. But we're going to work hard and diligently to accomplish these things over the next five years. I'm going to ask you to join us. Next Sunday night, we're going to pray over these things. I'm going to ask all of you to come. Next Sunday night here, we're going to pray together over this vision. Just asking God, open-handedly say, God, will you bless this? Because we believe this is from you but it's not about us, it's not about us, it's not about a name, it's not about Hill City, it's not about me, it's not about us, it's about Jesus and the work he's doing in this city.